0: Another episode of Manifest with Tori D Simone. I am your host, Tori D Simone, and I could not be happier to be recording this podcast right now. Um, I typically record my podcast on Thursday mornings, but I'm recording it right now on Wednesday night. It's five p.m., and by the time I'm done recording, my house will probably be like pitch black, so I should probably turn on some lights. But I won't go into. I guess I'm going to live on the edge. I hope you guys are having a wonderful. Day so far, Um, I'm really excited for today's episode that we will get into in a couple of minutes. The dieting rules that I cut out of my life. Very excited to talk about that and kind of the journey that it's brought me on over the last, I'd say like five years, maybe even six years. Dare I say six of this crazy diet culture. That I was definitely fallen victim to, definitely got sucked into because it like markets itself as something so beautiful and so amazing and life changing and transforming. And I definitely even contributed to it um, without knowing like what I was really doing. So um, I'm very excited to be talking about these principles today that I guess I'm like debunking. Um, definitely I'm no certified nutritionist whatsoever. I'm just a regular 22 year old. I'm almost 23 in April. I'll be 23, which is in like six weeks, but I don't know. I feel like my birthday is like tomorrow. It's not, but I turned 23 on April 3rd. My golden birthday was when I was three years old. So I missed it. So I feel like 33, I'm going to make my new golden birthday. So I have 10 more years. Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, I'm no nutritionist. I have 0 degree in this. I have even completely stopped researching all of this. So, take everything that I say like with a grain of salt when we get to that section of the podcast. But before we dive in, I just want to say a couple of things. Starting with, I am really loving this podcast. Like I look forward to filming it, recording, I should say, every single week. I I just, I adore it. Like it is absolutely my favorite platform. And that's no secret. Everybody knows that my podcast is like my baby. And, um, I just absolutely love how I'm structuring the show now. Like when I first started, it was very much so like, hi, I'm Tori. These are the topics that we're going to talk about. Let's do it. And then we'd be done. And since I've started talking more about my life, um, I feel like the first like 20 minutes of the episode are like girl time and we're just like hanging out, you and me, I feel you in on like my life and you guys DM me all the time about what's going on in your life and I honestly just feel like we're having sis time and we're just catching up and I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's really, really fun. Whenever things happen throughout the week, I literally write it down. I'm like, okay, talk about this on the pod. So it's like a week's worth of stuff that I catch you guys up on. Um, and I, I really, I really do love it. And I feel like there's so many hidden gems in this girl time, like part of the episode it's this time girl time, whatever we're going to call it. And you guys will like DM me about it on Instagram. And I will forget that I even said it. Like, for example, last night I posted a dinner that I made crunch wrap Supreme. So good. I'm actually going to talk about in this, about that in a second, But someone DM'd me and was like, oh my God, I'm so surprised you didn't do DoorDash. Like, good for you. And I was like, people actually like listen and they know. So to me, it's so special. I just feel like I have best friends all over the world, which is so special to feel so loved. So I love you guys. And I just really love how this podcast is structured these days. And I'm very happy with it. So if you guys are ever just here like for the meat of the episodes, skip ahead like 20 minutes. But if you're here for like the whole kit and caboodle... We're here for it. Oh, speaking of Kit, you guys watch Bachelor on Monday? Crazy. She sent herself home. Did not see that one coming. Um, Should we talk about The Bachelor? I don't know. This is a very controversial season. I'm really interested to hear what you guys are thinking. I truly think that these girls are just like, I mean, I'm watching the show right now called Unreal on Hulu, and it kind of like sheds a light on The Bachelor. It's essentially like a show within a show. And it focuses on the production crew of a dating show called Everlasting. But it's it's literally just like a Bachelor parody. But it focuses on the production crew of it. It's like a, a fake show that's like structured to like kind of be like almost like a reality show but not. It's a soap opera. But anyway, what I'm saying is I just – I'm trying to give all of the girls a lot of – um grace when it comes to how they're acting like on the air because it's definitely not the cutest look I've ever seen um I feel like there's definitely drama in the past but this I think is so different I feel like this is like almost like I mean it is like very mean girl mentality it gets really hard to watch sometimes but I'm trying to like think of the show that I'm watching unreal and compare it to the bachelor and being like okay there's a good chance that this is just highly edited TV and that the producers are really just like constantly stirring the pot. So I'm really trying to give the girls like the benefit of the doubt while on the air. Um, But it's really hard to watch it sometimes. I feel like I also don't even know Matt, like The Bachelor. Does anyone agree? I was talking to my friend this morning after spin class and she was like, yeah, like someone got sent home and I didn't even know her name. And like, it's a week before hometown. So I'm like, oh my God, you're so, you're so right. Like I didn't know her name either. And she got sent home, um, which is crazy. Like I feel like by this point of last season where we were at with Tasha like I was wildly in love with Ben and I have like no connections to any of these girls. I really like Michelle. I think she's super, super cute and like so sweet and so wholesome. So I really like Michelle a lot, but she's like the only one that I felt like has gotten like good airtime and that we've gotten to like build a connection with her. But I don't even like know Matt. All I know is he kiss, kisses with his eyes open. So I feel like I don't even know Matt. Um anyway, this is just a crazy season of the bachelor. So Very interested, what you guys think? I think we're all kind of on the same page. Like I read, like I don't read any like Reddit things, but like I see stuff on Instagram, and it's like mean girl stuff on The Bachelor, and I'm like, couldn't agree more. So I don't know. I think it's a crazy season, that's for sure. Would love to know what you guys uh, are thinking about it. But I didn't mean to like talk about that, but I'm glad we did. I love talking about Bachelor. It's my favorite thing. I have a lot of stuff that I want to update you guys on. First thing that I want to update you guys on is that I got an alarm clock, and I'm very excited about it. Also, I feel like – oh, my God, that's my ice machine. I hope you guys hear it. A lot of you guys, like, put me with my ice machine, and I I love that identity. And Kylie's going to say that I'm talking about the ice machine again. I really am because at this point it's, like, my identity. I posted a coffee recipe – a recipe, dare I say – a coffee Instagram story where I literally just put in like four shots of espresso. I know I was really tired that day. I did four shots of espresso and then one whole like premier protein shake. Tastes like a milkshake. It's so good. I did the vanilla. Anyway, everyone was in my DMs about my ice. They were like, this ice though, like ice machine queen. And I was like, oh my God, like manifest. It's everywhere. So it was just, it's so funny that like I identify as like one with my ice machine, because now I feel like I'm going to be like tied into my alarm clock as well. Either way, I really vibe with it. So I got an alarm clock so that I wouldn't have to look at my phone first thing in the morning. But not only that, I got the alarm clock from Amazon that emulates the sunlight when you wake up truly, it's amazing. I've done it for one day and it's really great so far. Like I remember waking up and being like, when your eyes are closed, it really does feel like the sun is waking you up. It's crazy. And I set the sound of like birds chirping in the morning and I just let it roll like I wake up and I got out of bed and I just let it like keep going because it's like beautiful to wake up to. There's also a sleepy mode, which is super cute. So I love my little alarm clock. I got it on Amazon. Um, I don't know what it's called exactly, but maybe I should look that up. But I got it on Amazon and it's just whatever the whatever the sun emulates is what it uh what it does <laughs> in my room in the mornings. It's so, so great. And yeah, I literally forgot how to set or work an alarm clock. Like I was literally reading the instruction manual like I was seven years old again, like getting a new alarm clock. Phones obviously make it so easy, but it was weird waking up and not touching my phone. I felt anxiety like, oh my God, what if something happened? So I checked really quick and nothing happened, obviously. So life was good, but I woke up with an alarm clock and it was awesome. Kind of going back to what I said earlier I made Crunch Supremes last night. Everyone was asking for the recipe. I just did the one that Stassi Baby Stacy Baby put up um Stormy Baby put up on <laughs> my God on her YouTube channel. And I really liked it. It was very good. And I was really proud of myself. So let me like set the scene really quick. So it was Monday night and I was just eating like horribly and I gotta take out pizza. And as soon as I was done that pizza, I was like, you know what? I need to start cooking myself some dinner. Like I'm wasting so much money on takeout all the time. I can't keep living like this. I just can't keep doing this. So today starts the first day of Lent. Now I don't do Lent. um, But if I did, my Lent would be giving up uh, takeout slash fast food slash pickup. Like – My rule with myself right now is either I cook at home or I go to the restaurant and sit in it because odds are like I wouldn't go sit in a pizza shop, but I would take takeout or I would get takeout. And like Chipotle, I can't go sit in a Chipotle right now. I'd have to get takeout. Same with Chick-fil-A. Oh my God, I'm eating Chick-fil-A so much. It's so good. Um, I I love Chick-fil-A. It's so good. But same thing. I'm going to try to not have Chick-fil-A just because I don't want to do takeout. Like I just want to start cooking from home more. So if I can find, well, I know that I can find like a -A (laughs) Chick-fil-A recipe like at home. I'm actually going to try and make it and see how it goes, which I'm really excited about. But I just want to not really eat out as much because one, I'm wasting a lot of money doing that. And two, I just feel like I can just make it at home. So I'm going to try. That's like my challenge. So last night I made the Crunchwrap Supremes. Oh, I deleted DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and Postmates from my phone. So it's not even an option for me. And I'm loving it so far. I think this is like day two and feeling great. I'm having another Crunchwrap Supreme tonight that I'm making because I have leftovers and it's going to be great. And I'm very excited for it going to be fabulous. So, I'm having that later. Very excited. Another thing that I want to talk about to go along with my obsessions right now is the color pink. I am just utterly obsessed. So, let's let's actually talk about something very quickly because I was thinking about making this a whole episode, but I was like, you know what? I don't think I want this to be titled on my podcast. So, we'll just talk about it here. So, I'm like going through something right now. It's I'm calling it my internal crisis. And it happens pretty much every year around this time of year. Uh, And I honestly just think it's the weather and me needing to get out of the cold and be in the sunlight for a couple of reasons. One, there's been snow every single week. And I haven't had this much snow in such a short season of my life, my whole life. So like typically our winters, we have like one to three snowstorms. But we've already had, like, we're having our fifth, like, snowstorm, like, tomorrow. And these snowstorms are, like, a lot of snow. So I've never been so cold before in my life for such a long amount of time. I live in Pennsylvania, so our winters are typically pretty cold. But I'd say, like, the last three winters, we haven't had so much snow. And I'd say, arguably, last winter was very mild, dare I say. It was like high 30s, low 40s for, like, the, pretty much the whole winter. This winter, Oh my God, it's the opposite. It's like low 20s and snow. Like we've had to cancel so many classes at Stride because of how much it keeps snowing. Um, And obviously we don't want people to drive in the snow, so we're canceling all the time. Anyway, what I'm saying is this is like an internal crisis right on time. Another reason why I think I'm having this internal crisis that I'll get to in a second is because we typically travel every March. So last March, literally days before the world shut down and the pandemic, like really became the pandemic, I was in Jamaica, which was tropical and beautiful and like such a great break from the winter here in Pennsylvania. The year before that, in 2019, I was in Hawaii. Um, the year before that, I don't know if I traveled in 2018 because I was setting up the studio, but. Um what I'm getting at is typically we go away in like March and it's so it's such a great time to get away because you're you're feeling how I'm feeling you're really over the winter you need some bright sun warmth you know to be like okay like we're almost there And I'm very much so a summer girl. Like, I know so many people are like, would you rather be hot or cold? And most people say cold because then you can like layer up on the clothing to get warm. I'm very much so. I'd rather be hot and just jump in the ocean when I get too hot. So that's just how I'm just that kind of girl. Anyway, so right on time, I'm having like my internal crisis where my hair was a little darker. And I was like, I need my summer bright blonde hair back. So I went to the hair salon yesterday, got my hair done bright, Barbie, blonde, loving it, um, feeling better already. The week before that, I got on hot pink nails and I could not love them more. One, it was for Valentine's Day because cute and two, because I feel so girly and powerful with hot pink nails on. It's very similar to how I feel with a French manicure, which I rarely get French manicures. They can kind of like go borderline tacky. So I definitely try to do them tastefully. Like I just had French on and I was like, these are so good. Like I'll typically do like an ombre French. And I think that's like the modern day French. And I don't think it's tacky at all. I think it's so elegant and powerful, but I did hot pink nails and I feel so powerful. So I have my hot pink Barbie nails mixed with my Barbie blonde hair and I am just, I feel so great. Um, I keep seeing like hot pink dresses too and not for like fashion trends, but like I'll be like watching like old videos of people or like TV shows and people will be wearing hot pink dresses and every time someone's in a hot pink dress, I'm literally just like Yes. Like that's such a fucking look. It's such a look that I need to do more. Like I want to, this summer, I just want to wear hot pink every day. I just want to wear pink, pink on pink on pink. I'm going through something. I don't know, but I'm, I'm loving the phase that I'm in. Like I cannot get enough of pink. When I was younger, my room at my parents' house was hot pink with a light pink ceiling (laughs) that we painted pink. And my wallpaper was like all these like girly things. It was like a cell phone, a purse. Oh my it was just like amazing. So I definitely have been through this phase before. And it's coming back. Everything comes back. I come back stronger than a 90s trend. And I just wow. I feel so powerful <laughs> with like blonde like this Barbie blonde hair with my Barbie pink nails. I just feel great. Um, so I'm definitely you know, getting in tune with my summer self while we're supposed to get like seven to eleven. I've heard inches of snow tomorrow, <laughs> so that's kind of sad. But I'm very ready for summer, and especially because I'm spending so much of this time right now preparing for Stride Sea Isle to open this summer. Um, my mind is literally just only thinking about the beach and about the summer. So I'm very much so in tune with like my summer self right now, except. Um, I'm not using any like self-tanner, like mousse or face drops. I'm literally just like, I'm not going anywhere because it keeps snowing. So I just stay at home. So I'm like, I don't really want to tan. But then that brings me to a different conversation of I should tan and get my hair done and get my nails done and put on makeup. Kind of like what I was talking about with Danielle last week, just because I want to, like, if it makes me feel better about myself, like I should do it. It's not like I'm trying to impress anybody or that I'm like going to this the this, this studio to like stun on people. You know what I mean? Like I just, I should do it because it makes me feel better about myself, but I don't know. I'm just like going through this phase right now, but that's not even the internal crisis that I'm talking about. While I love my like the um, like bleach blonde hair that I have and like the hot pink nails and like, you know, all that sort of stuff that makes me feel so girly and fun and cute. Part of me, and I've talked about this kind of before, but I've never worded it this way, but it's the same thought process. Part of me is like, and I don't know if this is going to make any sense. I might sound crazy. I'm going to talk to my therapist about it next week. Part of me feels like I don't know what I should look like. Hear me out. So I'm talking to the girls, but if you're a guy and you do this too, this applies to you. But I'm talking mainly to my girls because I know that we can definitely all relate. And I think guys can too. You'll see what I mean. So as girls, we do, we can, I shouldn't say that you guys do it. We can, I do it, do so much to change our natural appearance. So for example, like my natural hair isn't blonde. It's like a really dirty blonde, like mousy brown. It's pretty light actually on the brown, like spectrum of colors. It's pretty light and mousy. Um, my skin is very pale. Um, it tans, but not like super easily, but it, it does tan. If I like work it, getting a tan, um, if I didn't put on like any self-tanner, I'd be like translucently pale with like mousy brown hair. And, but I'm also just like, what am I supposed to look like? Because in high school, I had dark hair. Now I have blonde hair. In high school, I didn't tan. Now I tan. In high school, I wore like heavy makeup. Now I wear very natural light makeup. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to look? Like, am I supposed to be like natural and, you know, like, this just like natural version of how I was literally built, like natural hair, natural skin tone, all these sorts of things, like no makeup, like is that how I'm supposed to look? Am I like not supposed to be like dyeing my hair or bleaching my hair or like wearing makeup or like I know this might sound a little crazy. Maybe I am going crazy. This is epiphany. Maybe I am going crazy, but what I'm saying is like am I doing it right? And like, I know that there's like no like rule book of like Tori D Simone's look, how she's supposed to look. But like, I don't know. I guess I do sound a little crazy. Um, Just like, am I supposed to be looking like this? Like, am I supposed to have bleach blonde hair right now? Am I supposed, I mean, it's not again, like I said, like there's a, there's a linear path that I need to be following, but I do kind of wonder like, is this the look that I feel destined to have and that I feel called to? Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm over the blonde and then I think about dyeing it brown and then I'm like, I'm not at all over the blonde. That's why I went super blonde because I was so over having the dark roots. I loved them. I had them for what? Like uh, October to February I had them. I loved them, but then I got over it and I was like, give me the blonde back and here it is. And then as soon as I always go like super, super blonde, I always question like, am I, do I look how I'm supposed to? I'm fully aware that it might sound absolutely crazy. But it's like this weird thing that I like go through and it's literally like once a year. Like I have this epiphany like literally this time every single year. And I honestly just think it's like because I'm bored in my house and it's cold outside and I can't like do anything like fun and cute. Like I can't go to the beach. I can't go float on the bay. (laughs) Honestly, I just can't really be like living it up in Seattle. That's what I mean. Um, But I don't know. Does anyone else feel that way or, or am I just alone and crazy? Let me know. Would love to know. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash manifest terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed for the new year. I really want to make sure that saunting is a big part of my wellness routine. And that's where I'm thrilled to bring in bond charge bond charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. So moving on from my crazy, um, I don't know, episode, maybe that I'm just feeling an internal crisis, Um, I'm really excited to talk about today's episode. So it's the dieting rules that I've cut out of my life that have dramatically improved my life and have dramatically improved my relationship with food. I've talked about it several times on this podcast. My very first episode, it's called I'm Confused, I feel like it really sums up what I was very much so trapped in, in the diet culture mindset that was like, honestly, it's really hard to escape. And I, I'm proud of my progress that I've made. And I know that I still have a lot more progress to make, but I'm definitely very proud of myself. Um, I also made an episode, I think it's called, does anyone have a healthy relationship with food? And in that, so many of you guys reached out and were like, I feel the exact same way. And I'm so glad that someone else is talking about it. It makes me feel so much less alone. And because of that, I am always happy to begin this conversation and guide it. Even though I'm not a trained professional, I think that it's really nice to know that there's other people Just like you that are going through this, even if it's someone that you might look up to or admire, or someone that you think she can't possibly be going through what I'm going through. But it happens to so many more girls and guys than we think. And every single person that I know, I'm honestly saying this, has some sort of relationship with food that they currently suffer from or have suffered from. So, I think for how common it is, it's still so taboo to talk about, and I, don't, I personally don't think it should be. I think talking about it helps, and I think that it's very comforting to know that you're not alone. So I mentioned in my last q and I think that was two episodes ago, burning questions, answering your burning questions. Towards the end of the episode, I was talking about uh, my body image and my binge. And I pretty much just said in that, uh, you guys should go listen to that episode if you haven't, but I pretty much in that was saying that I don't really binge anymore because I no longer restrict myself at all. And what I mean by that is when I want something, I have it. And I have it until I'm completely satisfied. And that has completely just stopped my binges. When I find myself slipping into a habit of binge, or back into the mindset of binge, I should say, I'm able to recognize it and turn it off and kind of talk myself out of it by saying food really isn't what I want. I'm looking for some sort of release. If I'm hungry, let's eat what I'm hungry for, but I'm definitely not hungry for a binge. Um, And I'm able to kind of like talk myself off of a ledge because of that. I've really started loving how I look. I've loved the curves that I have. I love the body that I'm in. I truly feel so feminine in my body and so much like a woman in my body. And I am just very happy with myself. And I can tell you, I haven't lost a shit ton of weight, like maybe five pounds, but that's really just from like not binging. Um, I'm not like actively lifting. So I'm not like sculpting my, my butt or my waist or my back or anything like that. It's just like how my body is and I'm very happy with it and I love it. And it's not, I don't love it because I stopped binging. I think I stopped binging because I started accepting how I looked and I stopped dieting and I stopped living by all these fucking diet rules that I was so victim to and I fell into it and I was playing into this role of the diet culture and I definitely still get sucked into it sometimes where I see things I'm like wow that that looks so great like for me it's a superfood aisle at Wegmans whenever I pass the superfood aisle I'm like that just looks amazing seeing all these like pills and potions and supplements and powders and all these sorts of things that are meant to like bring you superfood back into your body and just, oh my God, it's just diet culture talking to me and that would sucker me into buying all these powders and supplements and probiotics and just so much stuff that I just didn't need. But it was so enticing and like it's all disguised as like self-care and doing the best things for your body. And once I kind of like removed myself from that, honestly started eating more takeout it sounds so weird but when I started eating more takeout I didn't need to grocery shop as more and I found that you know when I gave into what I wanted like if I wanted Chick-fil-A I had it and then I didn't need to like go grocery shop I don't know it's it's a it was a very weird thing but it kind of took stepping away from the kitchen and stepping away from all these norms that I thought I needed to realize that I'm better off without diet culture. And I'm tired of hearing keto this, vegan that, paleo this, low carb this, high fat this, all these sorts of things. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And then I look back and I'm like, okay, well, what do I know that's good for me? And that's sort of just where I am. And I I don't really obsess over food anymore. I don't obsess over what I eat, what times I eat. I'm getting ahead of myself. But let's dive into the 12 dieting rules that I cut out of my life that dramatically improved my quality of life and my relationship with my food. Number one is no eating past X time. So typically people say like, don't eat your food past 8 PM. Um, that was crazy to me because if it was like nine o'clock And I still didn't eat dinner. I would freak out and just be like, okay, I'm going to miss dinner tonight. And then I wouldn't eat dinner. And then the next day, I would binge like crazy because I was deprived of a meal. And I always noticed it. And what was sad was in the moment when I would miss that meal, I would be very proud of myself. I would be like, I'm so skinny, like I missed a meal, blah, blah, blah. And I would then just the next day binge. And this happened every single time. And I really noticed this when I was teaching Monday 5 p.m. and Tuesday 6 p.m. spin classes because then I would freak out that I couldn't have dinner at the same time every night. And then it would send me on this spiral because I was like, all right, the 5 p.m.s I can do because I typically get home around like 7.30. So I'll just eat by like 8 p.m. and then be done. But when I teach six, I typically get home at like 8 p.m. So then I wouldn't eat dinner until like 8 30. And that would just send me on a spiral because everyone always says like, oh, after you eat dinner at past 8 p.m., like you're going to just store on fat because then you go to bed and your body doesn't digest it. I mean, once I cut that rule out of my life, everything got so much easier. Like Again, I'm no nutritionist, but my body and I think a lot of other people's bodies are designed to digest food. So when I would give it food, my body has no idea that it's 8 p.m. or that it's 8.05 p.m. It would just do its thing. And when I would go to bed, I would find that I would wake up the same way the next day if I was eating foods that my body agreed with. So if I'm eating like Brussels sprouts and black beans for dinner. I'm gonna wake up so bloated the next day. Regardless if I eat at 5 p.m. or 11:30 p.m., it's because I'm eating that type of food. But if I am eating like foods that I know digest very well with me, like a soup, for example, it literally doesn't matter if I have it at 3 a.m. or 5 p.m. It's going to digest the same way for me. So for me not eating past a certain time was such a liberating rule to get rid of. The second rule, remember, I'm saying rule all in quotation marks here. The second rule that I was thrilled to get rid of was to eat immediately after a workout. That really screwed up my whole day. Let me tell you why that would mess up my whole day. So if I were to work out, let's say at like 8am and then I would come home for my workout and I wasn't hungry. Oh my God. It was literally for me the end of the world because I was like, here I am supposed to be eating after a workout, but I'm going to lose all of my gains. And it's going to be like, I didn't even work out and I would just freak out. So if I didn't, if I wasn't hungry, I would force myself to eat. And then once I like eat my first meal of the day, it like starts my metabolism. So then I just get hungrier throughout the day. So if I wasn't hungry by like nine thirty, and I would eat breakfast, then I would find that I'd be hungry again at like eleven, and then I would just like snack until lunch, and then I would just like eat all freaking day because I was so scared to like not eat after a workout because everyone says like you need to eat after a workout to like lock in the workout, really get the full effects of it. Once I stopped. Once, like it literally was one day where I was like, I just worked out and I'm not at all hungry. I'm just going to wait until I'm hungry. I waited. It took like maybe two and a half hours for me to get hungry after a workout and I ate and the world kept turning and I felt great. And ever since then, I was like, you know what? This is a rule that I'm not going to follow because honestly, it just causes way too much food stress for my life that I just, I, 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 I can't have. I can't have time for that right now. The third thing, what kind of applies to it? It's going into a workout either with the proper food or fasted. Again, this just led to a ton of food stress for me that I did not need in my life. For example, um, I would see a lot of people eat like a like plain oatmeal before they would go to a workout, and Sometimes, like, I would be starving before a workout, so it was, like, awesome to eat before, but other times, I just was not at all hungry, and I'd be like, fuck, like, I should have this oatmeal because it'll give me energy for my workout, and, you know, there are some days where I definitely feel like I need some fuel in me, so I'll have, like, a banana or oatmeal or, like, a protein shake, um, like, one of the premier protein shakes. I love those right now, um, but I... I don't always need that. So removing that fear of not having the proper food to fuel me before a workout was amazing just to get rid of like that food stress and honestly food guilt. Um, and another thing is going into a workout fasted. Cause you know, you hear both like go fasted or eat before again, how are you supposed to know what the hell to do? Um, So for me, sometimes I do go fasted to a workout if it's a morning workout because I feel not hungry, but it's not I'm not doing it for performance benefits. I'm not doing it for any other reason other than like I'm just not hungry. But if I am hungry, I eat. But what I'm trying to say is I don't force myself to eat and on the contrary, I don't force myself to not eat when it comes to working out before or eating before a workout. That's been a great rule to eliminate. Number four is that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Oh my God, this was bullshit to me and I'm so glad that I eliminated this. So to me, this didn't always work because some days I'm absolutely starving when I wake up and other days I'm not. So sometimes it literally just doesn't fit into my schedule. The idea of breakfast is most important meal of the day would literally create so much stress in my life. So for example, if I had a a 9am meeting, when would I eat breakfast? Would I have to like wake up at 5am so that I would be able to like get hungry in three hours to have breakfast by 8am? So here I am sacrificing like sleep to get breakfast so that I can make sure I'm hungry by the time I eat breakfast. I don't want to eat it if I'm not hungry right then and there. Like that defeats everything that I've been really proud of myself for like very intuitive eating, eating when I'm hungry, stopping when I'm full, having whatever food I want at any time of the day, as long as I'm hungry for it. That's my whole thing. So if I'm not hungry for breakfast, but breakfast is the most important meal of the day, am I supposed to just eat because it's what I'm supposed to do or, you know, I used to dread missing breakfast because the most important meal of the day. So suddenly, if I'm meeting at 9 a.m. or if I'm teaching at 9.30, whatever it might be, here I am packing processed protein bars into my bag to eat at 10.30 or 11 o'clock so that I wouldn't skip the most important meal of my day. I would just have it later. I'd rather just honestly skip breakfast if I'm not hungry or if it doesn't fit into my morning and drink coffee to hold me over until I can have a good lunch in me. And maybe that lunch comes at like 1130. Maybe it's a little bit of a bigger lunch, but maybe it's not breakfast food. It's like a salad with like salmon on it. It's like something that gives me tons of nutrients that I'm hungry for and that I want rather than just eating a breakfast because it's the most important meal of the day. And that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I love breakfast. And whenever I am hungry for it, I eat it. But I can't schedule my days around when I'm going to have breakfast because every day it's literally so different. Like, what did I do this morning? I taught spin this morning and I didn't eat my first meal until like 1230 because I wasn't hungry until about 1230. Um, what did I do yesterday? Yesterday I had a smoothie at 9 a.m. So I mean, that's two days that are so drastically different, but I didn't really do that much of different activities in my day. If anything, you would think I would have eaten earlier today because I worked out. So I was like a little hungry. or was in the morning, but I wasn't hungry until like 1230. So that's when I ate. And since 1230, I've definitely, I had, you know, smoothie and then I had a bowl of soup and I had yogurt and I'm going to have a Crunchwrap Supreme for dinner. So I don't know, just really eliminating that whole thing like you need to have breakfast and it's it's because it's the most important meal of the day was just so much added food stress into my life. The fifth rule was to track calories and macros. This definitely has a time and place, but for my everyday life, it absolutely does not fit into my everyday life. It made me go crazy, dare I say, spiral into diet culture beyond belief And it just led to awful food obsession, completely changed how I look at plates. And I look at plates as like carbs, fats, and proteins, which I wish I didn't. I wish I just looked at it as like vegetables, starch, protein, or like meat, or I don't know. Like I just wish I didn't look at plates the way that I do now because I now know what like macros are and I know what like my macros should be. Um, I just wish I never got into that. and. I never like religiously tracked, but when I did, I would just find myself eating for the macros and not for like the nutrients. So I would do like white rice, um, or I would do like, you know, like diet sodas, like zero calories, but it's like, hello, it's diet soda. Like that's clearly not good for you, but it fits into your macros. So it, for me, it was just very not good. Um, and I'm very happy that I got rid of that. (laughs) Pretty much moral of the story to all these is that I'm happy I got rid of it. Number six, number six, is to eat only whole foods. Now, this definitely works for some people, totally did not work for me. It made me super bloated and not all whole foods agree with me, which was something that I really struggled with because, you know, everyone says like, eat whole foods. They're good for you. Yes, they are definitely good for you. But there's some that don't agree with me, but I would keep eating them because they're whole foods and they're supposed to be good for you. Brussels sprouts, for example, no way could I eat like so many Brussels sprouts, but I would keep eating them because they were good for me. But instead of like having Brussels sprouts, maybe I could have something else that would definitely agree with my body more. Um, and would it make me bloat and feel so uncomfortable after eating healthy. Cause that would honestly turn me off from eating healthy because I would feel awful after I eat them. It's just cause I was eating the wrong kinds of food. But if I were to go like whole 30, oh my God, I literally would like be a, my stomach would be a hard bloated balloon for the 30 days. Like my body does really good with some processed foods, like refined carbs, which we'll actually get to in a second, like some breads, pastas, rice, all that stuff like does really, really well for my body. Uh, I've been talking a lot about like premier protein shakes. Um, I don't eat a ton of protein, which is another thing that we're going to get to, but that really just helps me get in some protein and, um, it's processed. So I'm glad that I have something like that for the days where I just don't really like have almost any protein. I actually very, I don't cook meat at my house. I just have like a fear of like cooking meat and having it be undercooked. Even though I did the Crunchwrap Supremes, I'm very proud of myself. I don't know. There's like a difference with ground meat and like actual like fillets and stuff like that. Burgers, chicken breasts, all sorts of stuff I don't do, but ground meats I'm okay with because I can literally see every single piece. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I don't really cook meat. So it's very hard for me to get like actual protein. So having some processed foods, in my diet is amazing for me. And I found out that that's what works for me. And I'm so grateful that I don't try to only have whole foods. I have a variety. Rule number seven is to, oh, I'm so ashamed to say this, to watch the sugar in fruit. I'm really, really sad that I bought into this because I love fruit and I love how it makes me feel. And I was literally afraid to eat it. Um, Like I remember I was talking to a friend and I was like, oh my God, I can't stop eating fruit. It's so good. And she said something along the lines of like, yeah, I can tell. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, And it was at the time where I was eating like all like whole foods. So I was very bloated all the time. And um, that comment was just like, oh my God. Um, Anyway, so I remember from then I was like, okay, I guess I shouldn't be eating as much fruit as I am. So just because there's sugar in fruit, natural sugar, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be having it. I love fruit. I love how it makes me feel. And because I was so afraid to get that sugar in fruit, I would be binging all the time on sweets later in the day or later in the week because I literally wasn't allowing natural sugars from the fruit to enter my body. So you just have to figure out like what fruit honestly works for you. And that's like the theme of all of this. Like you have to find what works for you. You can't just go by diet culture rules because they aren't, it's not a one size fits all. Like I was like looking up myths for this episode to see like if anyone else kind of like agrees with me or if I'm just like really Satan, like unpopular opinions here. But Um, literally in the same article, it said track calories and then right underneath of it, it, like for things to do track calories right underneath of it, it said eat intuitively. What? Like those two things are like contradicting and it's in the same article. So like, it's just so confusing and you really do have to find like what works best for you. But for me, like I know that there are some fruits that I just absolutely cannot eat, um, That will just bloat me beyond belief. For example, pineapple. I love it, but I just can't eat it unless I'm okay with being bloated for like three days. And sometimes I am because I like love it so much. But also, bananas tend to bloat me unless they're very brown. Um, If they're blended up, it's okay. Same with mango; it has to be blended up. So it really just depends on the fruit. But like berries are typically okay. Apples, I have to cook them. So I mean, you really just have to like know what works best for your body, but people saying like, oh, watch the sugar and fruit. I'm so glad that I stepped away from that because I love fruit. Number eight is to eat small meals throughout the day rather than like three large meals. No, thanks. I was so focused all the time on what my next meal was going to be and when it would be. Sometimes I would want a huge dinner or a huge lunch and then I'd be good for a while. But what online is saying is that you need to have small meals throughout the day to like stabilize your blood blood sugar. While I believe there's definitely scientific proof behind that, it just did not work for my lifestyle because I was constantly thinking about food, which is arguably more exhausting than cooking and eating your f- <clears throat> than cooking and eating your food. Because I was always thinking about what am I going to have next? When am I going to have it? What is it going to be? Is it going to fit into my macros? All these sorts of things that I was like, and then I'd have to plan around my workouts and making sure that I was done by 8 p.m. Like all these stupid rules that I was trying to follow and it would just literally lead to a binge. So, you know, some days I do just eat like small meals because I'm like hungry all day, but I'm trying to really structure my days to have breakfast if I'm hungry, lunch when I'm hungry, dinner when I'm hungry. And if I want snacks in between, I have snacks in between and that's it. I keep it simple. Number nine is definitely going along with like the uh, calories and macros, but it's eating one gram of protein per body pound. So for example, if I weigh like 115 pounds, that's like eating 115 grams of protein. For me, this is so impossible unless I'm literally supplementing with like three protein shakes a day. It just does not work for me. There's definitely, again, a time and a place for this for people who are needing that much protein and I love that for them. But for me, like the average girly that go, like goes to the gym, teaches a couple of spin classes, I like don't need that much protein and I feel like my body eventually just like, gets rid of it after a certain point because it's almost like too much. And because I felt like I needed to have this much protein, I felt like such a failure when I couldn't reach that much protein. Honestly, I probably have like 50 grams of protein a day, like maybe 50, 55 grams of protein a day. And I feel fine. Like I never feel like tired or You know, nothing that traces me back to my protein. So for me, I feel like it's every day's a win for me and I'm really happy with that and not shoving protein down my throat all the time. What are we on? Number 10, I think. Number 10 is that refined carbs are bad. Kind of touched on this in number six with only eating whole foods, but pastas and breads specifically have really been under fire lately. And you know what? Even rice, people are trying to cancel rice let me tell you, as soon as I cut pastas, breads, rice out, I binged and binged and binged and binged because I wanted, I crave that sort of stuff. And as soon as I wasn't allowing myself to have it and I was doing like rice cakes and I was doing, you know, like a hundred calorie things, like I was just so miserable that I was like, Oh my God, like I need, I need something. So as soon as I allowed myself to have like pasta like actual pasta and not just like, you know, spinach pasta or um, black bean pasta, like pasta, like egg and wheat, egg and flour, I guess, egg and flour. I felt so, I felt great again. So just because like, I don't, I, there's definitely time and place. There's a time and place for everything. But like, obviously I love like rice noodles, for example, like brown rice noodles. I think that they're so good. But sometimes I would just want like, pasta. And when I let myself have it, I wouldn't need to binge and I wouldn't feel like I was being deprived. Same with breads. Like if I was getting like breads that had really great ingredients, I felt really great when I was eating them and I felt great afterwards too. So not all refined carbs are going to be horrible, horrible for you. And I think that you just need to find a balance with them. And it works for me and my life's been so great since. Number 11 is to only drink water. This did not work for me and let me tell you why. The taste of water for me is so boring. I have it in the morning when I wake up. I have it when I go to bed and I have it during a workout because in the morning I crave it. At night, I'm typically really thirsty and after and during a workout, I'm very thirsty. Other than those three times, whenever I'm drinking anything, it is always a crystal light packet in my water because that actually gets me to drink more water. So I do like the crystal light, like peach, um, iced tea packets. Oh my God. It makes my water taste like peach iced tea and it is so yummy. It's so good. And I actually remember this was like a couple of months ago. My mom, I told my mom, I was like, mom, like I really don't drink enough water at all. She was like, put a crystal light in it. I was like, well, isn't that Bad for you? And she was like, Well, you're drinking water. Like, it's much better to, you know, drink 32 ounces of at least like peach iced tea that you make from water rather than not drinking any at all. And I was like, Okay, I guess you're right. So I had one packet that day and I was like, Wow, I feel honestly a lot better. And since then, I have just one a day and I feel so great. Like, I feel very hydrated. I really enjoy drinking my water. Um, It really, really works for me. And I just I think it's great. Uh, So I love putting a crystal light packet in my water, which I would not have done a year ago because I was very caught up and like, oh, my God, that's so unhealthy. It's so bad for you. But, you know, it gets me to drink 32 ounces of water happily. And I think that's a great thing to do. So for me, it works. And I'm very happy not just doing the only water rule. And finally, number 12 is that dairy is the devil. Now, this is definitely a case-by-case basis because some people really struggle with dairy. It makes their skin break out. They don't respond well to it. They're lactose intolerant. They have allergies or they're vegan. Totally, totally understand that. Personally, I don't respond poorly to it. My body doesn't hate me when I have it. And my skin doesn't break out from it. So typically, like, even though it's kind of gross, like, I don't drink milk, but, like, I eat cheese. So it's kind of like the same thing. And I had a yogurt today. So kind of all the same thing. But and I, it's so funny how people be like, oh, my God, no, I don't at all touch cow's milk. And then it's like, oh, my God, did you eat the whole charcuterie board? So anyway, um, definitely case-by-case basis. But for the people that are like me where it really doesn't, like, bother you one way or another physically with dairy, I ruled out dairy because one, I was like, I I was vegan for a while. And two, because everyone's like, it's so bad for you. It's all these sorts of things. It's this, that. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. So when I would cut out dairy, I wouldn't have it. Yes, that got me to not eat like as much pizza, for example. But as soon as I had a piece of pizza or an ice cream cone, anything, it was game over. And I would binge like you would not even believe because that was a food that was forbidden to me. It was something that I could not have. So when I got my hands on it, I didn't know if I could have it again, which is so funny because like, obviously like I'm the one that makes the rules, but I didn't know if I could have it again. So I would eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it until I was like literally so sick from eating so much food. Um, and that could have totally been avoided if I just let myself have dairy. And now it's just, I honestly don't even think twice about it. Like, For example, the queso that I got in the Crunchwrap Supreme last night was a cashew queso just because I didn't want dairy in last night's thing just because I don't know why I didn't. But whenever I get a a Chipotle burrito, you best believe I have queso on that. And that's full-on dairy. So it's not that I just don't eat it at all. It's if I want it, I have it. And if I don't, I don't. And that's as simple as it gets for me. And it's just helped me out a ton in my life. Guys, those are my 12 dieting rules that I cut out of my life that have dramatically improved my life's quality. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode today. Please remember that I am not certified. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I'm literally none of that. I'm just a normal 22-year-old girl that is talking to you guys from the heart about things that I feel have really helped my life dramatically and that I wanted to share With you guys, Um, please remember that you are beautiful the way you are. You do not need to change, and self-love and acceptance starts from within. Don't read the articles online that say you need to lose weight, that you need to do this, you need to do that to look a certain way, because beauty standards change every ten years, and who who cares? Like honestly, like you have to love yourself before you can ever love anyone else anything else. And the only way that you're ever going to be successful on a health and fitness journey is trial and error and through self-love. So just please be kind to yourself. Know that We're all human. We all struggle behind closed doors. And I'm always here to listen to you guys whenever you guys need me. So I love you guys. My Instagram is at ToriSterling underscore if you guys want to chat. I will talk to you guys next Monday. I love you. Have the absolute best Monday of your life because you deserve to have the best day of your life. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Love you guys. Bye.